Dad Pod. This is a video thing as well. Have a name. Podcast. Oh, midlife crisis. Howdy, daddy. Mm. Midlife crisis. <laughs> Dadcast. That's not bad, actually. Dadcast: Misadventures in Parenting, brought to you by Cadbury Freddo Treasures. Discover the new Freddo Treasure Space Series with Cadbury Dairy Milk Buttons, one surprise toy in every chest. And we're live, and some of the dads are here this week. You're very welcome along for this week's episode of Dadcast. Uh, Dave McIntyre is here. Hello, lads. Sounding loud and clear there, Dave, on your old school 1960s lip mic. Yeah, my John Watson mic. It's uh... It's a new departure for me. I've just forgotten to use it. I've had it in the case for the last while, but I've decided to crack it open today. Oh, Adrian's here as well. You think about the, uh, like how, people won't be aware, Jared, but the amount of, how, how cumulatively, how long do you think we spent pre-shows with Dave trying to get a, get a uh, mic right? Well, in fairness now, I have listened back to the last two or three episodes of the Dadcast, and my sound is the best over the last Oof. two or three. Took a lot, um, we got there. And the, yeah, that is fair, but so you, I, I can accept your argument if it's only based on everything that happened up to the last six weeks, because since then I have been number one in sound quality, <laughs> and now I, I have I have moved the goalposts again on you guys. So you can take your echoey, non-soundproof rooms and try and put up with the standard I'm now setting. Hang on, hang on, hang on. You're listening back. Oh yeah, don't you, Adrian? Yeah, I'd like to say sure. I'm listening back for editing and production research purposes. It's mainly to hear how libel. it sounds on the libel. How how much how much libel damage have you done to your marriage? Is that the well? If there's libel damage, I'm sure I don't need to go look and back and listen to it to find out how much damage has been done. It'll be brought to my attention by the powers that be. Uh, a reminder: Dave's sound has improved as we got a sponsor as well. He was like, "Oh, I better you know brush up here." <laughs> Uh, Dadcast and Misadventures of Parenting is brought to you by Cadbury Freddo Treasures. Discover the new Freddo Treasures, the space series with Cadbury Dairy Milk Buttons and one surprise toy in every chest. And this week, all with thanks to Freddo Treasures and the new space series, we've got a hundred euro voucher for Photo Island Adventure Park up for grabs for you and your family to enter. Just head over to the Dadcast Twitter channel and retweet the competition post that is pinned to our page. My nine-year-old was like, um, Dad, what's, uh, what's Dadcast? It's like, uh oh, what? <laughs> what? <laughs> Nothing. What is Dadcast? It's like, it's a, it's a show we do at work. And do you talk about us? No. <laughs> no. Oh, okay. Just dad okay. stuff. So you basically just flat out lie to your daughter. I know it's terrible. <laughs> I was like, the first time I've been interrogated properly, I just completely buckled and went like, no, no and then change the subject. So I'm going to have to um, address it and, uh, and see if I have permission. Right. And then, I don't know if somebody brought it up to her or maybe she heard an ad for it on um, OTB Sports Radio. Just <laughs> playing on our smart speaker, which is a thing you can do these days. Right. Well, thankfully, my aren't old enough to really ask me that question. I know, I but it's certainly... For the future. Like, deleting all our, our old episodes is... It kind of seems like a bad thing to do, but at the same time, maybe you know, maybe it's necessary. Yeah. Well, when can we do that? I'd be, I'd, I'd be for that happening today. Could we put them into like some sort of archive somewhere, or some just store them away somewhere away from public viewing? Yeah, like the dark web. Well, well <laughs> yeah, the dark web. Yeah. We, like we should, they should be available for when the children are old enough 
maybe no, maybe they never get to this point, but they're old enough to hear the shite that we're coming out with. We'll put them on a website where anybody who wants to listen back to them has to scan their birth cert, and then it will unlock the yeah. treasure trove that is the, that is the early episode collection of Dadcast. Mm. The early years. Do you know what I mean, though? Like just that they're not getting them when they're like thirteen or fourteen and at a vulnerable point in their life. That wouldn't it be an absolutely beautiful thing if at forty you suddenly unlock this um, amazing treasure trove of what their what their parents were going through or their dads were going through at that time of their lives. That would be incredible. That would be good, yeah. But it, it has to be locked away. Uh, mm. Speaking of having to be locked away, Nathan's finally got the uh, equipment to work. He understands how this is good. This is the bit where it's going to be all crackly off his beard now as soon as he unfolds. The... So one of the other dads is late for our podcast listeners. Nathan has arrived, no doubt doing some manly parenting. How are you, Nathan? How's it going? Doing some manly parenting. Well, you're a man, you parent. It'll be manly parenting. True, true. Any, uh, any further correspondence from my Your ex-friend? My no. former friend. No, I haven't been able to. No, I don't have a clue. A lot of negative response uh, to his, to him. From, Good. From people. Well, there was negative response from us. Are we on, I by thought- the way? Is this we, the we are on. Oh, yeah. on. See, we're, we're, on, we're, on the... we're on, Nathan. Welcome to the <laughs> okay. show. Right. <laughs> um, to be fair to the guy, he's a cock, uh, but also he was readily admitting himself that he was a cock before and he, he took the time to get in touch. We cannot argue with that. No, he did, but it doesn't mean he's not a cock. We have no correspondence this week. How, how much we would give to have a similar email or a bit of correspondence to go through this time around but we don't well, it's just it's just anti everything we stand for which is that we're all in this together we all acknowledge that we make mistakes there's different parts of our kids lives as they grow up that we find challenging and sometimes we get it right sometimes we get it wrong but this guy well i think it was, so, it was just that there was so much of it that was so utterly unrealistic when when played through the prism of actual real life that yeah, you know, I can't believe it? at uh, half seven I didn't get up and separate the porridge into eight different parts with <laughs> the kids this morning for them to throw back in my face. Well, uh, we had uh, the whole, I'm not going to school today from both of them at Ooh. 10 past seven this morning. Um, they both insisted that school slash Montessori was boring, that all they did was sit at their desks and learn stuff <laughs> and they never got to do anything fun. And for that reason, neither were going in today. Um, managed to get through that portion until portion of the morning until they both decided that they were not wearing their uniform. Well, the one of them that does wear the uniform, not wearing the uniform, don't like it. I am wearing what I want today. So again, wow. you have to negotiate your way through that. There's no point losing your rag at 7.30 a.m. It's an awful long day ahead. You don't want that right to fester while they're in school and carry the grudge with you throughout the mid-morning and afternoon. But in the end, they saw sense, and hopefully they are in there at the moment, and their minds are being, mold- being moulded. Uh, did one set the other one off? Of course, as is always the case. It would never have been in the mind of the younger, younger fellow that what he was going into today was going to be boring until he was told it would be by his older brother. Uh, uh, look, they, the, the copycats mentality is um, just something you can't fix. We, we had a birthday in the house uh, this week, and the green-eyed monster of the jealousy was off the chart. Oh, it, no. was, it was unbelievable. Which of the three had a birthday? Uh, the eldest had a birthday, so the middle child was like, uh, and we kept pointing out that you're just being jealous. He's like, I'm not being jealous. I just want stuff. 
<laughs> I just hate the other one and I want presents. It was fair uh, enough, isn't it? Yeah. Well, we, had to go, we had to go and collect a bike, you know, collecting your a bike is like a big deal. And uh, now she had to come and, uh, okay, fair enough. And then it was like, well, I want to go for a bike. I want to go for a ride on my new bike. Yeah, okay, fair enough. And then five-year-old has to go. And, uh, and we ended up having to buy her a present this week just to like make sure that the entire week wouldn't be completely... <laughs> Wouldn't be completely ruined, and it's like, uh, I, it's on the birthday cake. The birthday cake there was icing, and there was a certain number of balloons that were made from icing, and there was war about who got to have the balloons on the icing on the cake, because there wasn't a, there was an unequal spin about it. It's like I I I can't did, fix this. How did you handle it? Did it did it take all the good of the day out for you? There was definitely moments where you were like, I'm going to have to not let this be the only thing that I remember from <laughs> when, when we bought our first bike. Uh, you know, because I actually have a good, strong memory of uh, spending my confirmation money on buying a bike and being taken to Carlo by my dad and buying that bike. And it's like, that's cool. And I hope that uh, there might be some memories made other than uh, that's not fair. She's getting that. Why can't I have that? I'm not oh. jealous. It's soul destroying. It really is. And uh, they are one hundred percent being unreasonable. Like there is, you do not want to pander to their behaviour in any way because it's being entirely unreasonable. Their birthday is going to be coming up at some stage. They'll have their day, many of them, but yet they can't be reasoned with. And so, what is the middle ground? How do you handle it without really being stern and overly harsh on the? emotional child that is struggling with the concept that his or her older brother or sister is getting something they're not. Her birthday's in three weeks. <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> we were able to point out that like, you're going to get all this stuff in three weeks time. It was like, that's too far away. It's like, yeah. and, and did you go to the, did you bring your daughter to the bike shop? Yeah. And was that a relaxing experience? Because it, I brought my son to the bike shop about three months ago and I spent the entire time... Don't just, in fact, any time I bring him to the shop oh, ever. Yeah. Don't just that, don't just that, don't just that, don't just that. Have you sanitized your hands? Don't that within that person. I was like, never again. I read a, a great uh, piece of science. I, I must share it on about um, how the likelihood of you getting COVID from a surface is so small that it's the, it's the human interaction. It's sharing a studio with somebody, Nathan, that's more likely going to cause the, uh, the coronavirus for you than it is actually wiping it on something. So I'm like, look, if they're going to get it from that, then it's like winning the lottery, except a bad lottery that gives you a life debilitating illness. Well, Nathan was the guy who was desanitizing his wine bottles as they were delivered to him during lockdown. So <laughs> That was a high point. That was a high point of lockdown for me that day. <laughs> look, I don't think there's any way to, to handle it apart from getting through it and trying, as you say, Jared, to take something else from the day. Like that last birthday that we had, that's the, all I remember of the day is the, is the emotions and the rows surrounding the fact that somebody wasn't getting something that another guy was. And, uh, and it's such a is, pity because these days should be special. Is Christmas going to be like in, in that specific way more intense now? Than it would have been if we were actually all allowed to. I don't know. You spend Christmas, but normally we'd be at one of the extended families, which looks like it's very unlikely this year. And so we'd all be knuckling down and batting down the hatches. Is it going to be more intense now that 
Like you can't really go anywhere? I don't know. Is it not going to be a bit more straightforward because we're used to it? So for a lot of people, the difficulty with Christmas is you end up spending an awful lot of time together when, you know, you spend most of your week at work. Whereas now you've got two weeks off and spending every minute of every day with your loved ones. <laughs> Whereas now, now, now there's no escape. So it's just going to be another regular week. It make it easier in terms of going from house to house and every house you go to, the expectation is that there's going to be a truckload of presents served up in that house. So if you're only spending mm -hmm. your entire Christmas day in one place, that won't be an issue. That's definitely a positive that I would see in it. You wake up, Santa has brought what he's brought, and that is it for the day. And there isn't this frenzied unwrapping of presents mm -hmm. and a barely a second glance at the contents within. Do you think, Adrian, you brought it up? Well, I was more thinking out loud, to be honest, just about the, like, it's not so bad, really, in our house yet. I suspect we're probably heading that direction very soon. The jealousy thing is off the charts in every other way, um, from the eldest fella down to his uh, younger sister. It's off the charts. Like, there's literally nothing that can go on um, that he, you know, everything is a competition. Like, when, so I normally get the breakfast every morning, and when I'm putting it out, I want my Weetabix on the table first. I'm like, it's not a competition. Like, this is, sit down and enjoy your breakfast. I'm going to finish my, I'm going to finish my Weetabix first. No, not a competition. Finish my OJ first. No. And this continues like right the way through the day. Whereas all she's doing is, and she's too young yet, but I can definitely tell she is a very different personality to him. Um, she, all she's doing is copying whatever, whatever's going on, either him or me or whatever. Um, so I don't know. Yeah. So the, from the presence point of view, Christmas thing, I don't know. I suspect the lads are probably right that actually it maybe takes some of the heat out of things that there isn't this great chase to be going around places. And I'm sure grandparents will be, will have, will be delivering presents or will have dropped off presents or whatever. So there'll probably be that element too, but it might actually take some of the sting out of it that everyone's just like Nathan says, is the joyful time of sitting around and spending great valuable minutes in each other's company. The element of competition, though, is something that you can turn to your advantage. Yes. yes, it can be incredibly irritating when I want this first or somebody does something before the other guy and it turns into a row. But when you need them to do something, the element of competition can definitely be used your way. So whether it's getting dressed in the morning, okay, who's yes. going to be the champion yeah. getting dressed in the morning? <laughs> or who's going to go to the toilet and get their weed on first? Or who's going to get their seatbelt on first? Oh, this is amazing! And then they really go after it then. So you can definitely manipulate the situation to your advantage. I'm just imagining Dave's, house. Yeah. Yeah. imagining Dave's house. the commentator running around yeah. after his kids. Hold on, I get my microphone. Hold on, I get my microphone. I permanently have the stick mic in my hand. Oh, this is incredible. Here comes Adam Arbor. He's whipped his bike sound first. This is going to be a close run thing. <laughs> You're Andrew Cotter, except for kids. <laughs> Yeah, all, all, I heard, all I heard, Adrian, was that your kids were eating the breakfast. Yeah. Just be happy. No, they're very good. They're very good. Yeah, they're very good. And uh, um, yeah, no, they are. I have to say they're excellent that way. The only, the only slight concern I have about, and because I'm with you, Dave, 100%, uh, there are times where I'm like, fucking, he's not eating it, and I need to get him to eat it now, and that's how I'm going to do it. But the only, I'm, I'm just a bit concerned about encouraging him to be competitive. You know what I mean? <laughs> he's already off the charts. And now I'm saying, oh, you should dial that shit up because that is the way to go. <laughs> I'm trying to discourage him. I don't know. I know what you're saying. It definitely wins the day at that moment. 
Yeah, you just, you know, you have to pick your battles and sometimes it'll work your way, sometimes it doesn't. Do we do, oh, he's just a little baby thing as well. So like if yeah. the younger fella isn't eating his dinner, I'll turn around to his big brother and go, oh, would you look at the little baba? Like he's just, he's such a baby. He, is, he doesn't even know how to put a spoonful of his own dinner into his <laughs> This is bullying, Dave. I don't know if you're aware of this. Thanks. And, he's, and straight away, he's like, I'll show you. Massive mouthful. Now, to the point where he is likely to choke on, on said mouthful. But next of all, you turn around five minutes later, the plate's clean. You know, I know it's psychological manipulation, but, you know, needs must sometimes. Bullying, Dave. Bullying. Jer, is it, is, is it the two eldest that the jealousy is between? Uh, it's just the middle one jealous of everybody. Right. What, well, what's the gap? We'll, we'll see, because uh, so uh, the nine-year-old had her birthday last week. The five-year-old will have her sixth birthday at the start of October. And then uh, our youngest kind of doesn't really care too much about anything. He's uh, happy banging his head against the wall to see if there's anything in there. <laughs> yeah, but uh, it'll, it'll be interesting to see now what in three weeks' time what the level of jealousy is the other way. Yeah, yeah, because there's obviously a bigger gap then. But there's only, what, 15 months between my two lads. And we've never had the massive jealousy issue, but I'm just wondering what other, maybe some of the listeners who have kids that are very close together, the old Irish twins. The problem we've had is there's never been the massive jealousy because we sort of treat them both the same because there's nothing between them. But obviously one is 15 months younger and is one is in what, third class and one is in first class. So we shouldn't really be treating them the same. And it's going to come to a head now because the eldest lad and no decision has been made for Christmas wants a tablet because everybody in his class has a tablet. So I'm not fully on board with him getting him a tablet for starters, but if we were to get him a tablet, the younger lad is, well, if he's getting a tablet, I obviously have to get a tablet because everything he's entitled to, I'm entitled to. And I feel a little bit of sympathy for him because he's had eight years of pretty much getting everything the big brother's got. Whereas now it's just, just when time's getting really good, just when he's going to get access to all that Minecraft goodness. Yeah. We're going what are you going to do when it's drink and not tablets? Tablets. He gets to go. <laughs> he gets to go drinking cans down the field. Why can't I get to go drinking cans down the field? I know, I know, I know. So you're saying make the separation now, good and early. Well, I'm I not sure know. Nathan will be in the know when it comes to either of them yeah, drinking cans down the field. This is the problem. And I also <laughs> fear that the younger lad will be the one drinking cans anyways before the older lad. And so, so what are your, I mean, look, maybe it's, it's obvious, but what are your general reservations about the older guy getting his tablet? The first tablet is he not watching Minecraft, etc., on the iPad as it is? Yeah, he is. He is, but like it's mine, so I still feel I, I just know the row is going to turn into it's it's his. So we need to obviously figure out some way. I don't know how people have managed this previously, in terms of the child being the owner of the tablet. Obviously, it doesn't mean he's going to get it whenever he wants. But it does seem to already, I can get the sense from the way he's talking, he feels he'd have more of a sense of entitlement as to when he can use it. I know that's parenting that you have to deny them. And maybe, maybe I should just hold back. It's the killer, and uh, Dave, you're probably starting to find this, and Adrian, you'll find it. Killer is, so his friends have older brothers and sisters again, and they're the ones who ruin it for everybody. So he's going to somebody else's house and he's like, oh, well, they have a PlayStation 4 and they're getting a PlayStation 5. I'm like, no, they don't. Their 14-year-old brother has one and they just get to play it when you're there. So therefore, you're not getting one because you're eight. Mm. Yeah, There's no winning that. They don't, there is no. no winning that. They don't accept that rationale and that reasoning. Like my older guy, is, he's developing a real appetite for gaming. And I've been told by his uncle 
who is a real gamer and has always has been, that he has somewhat of an, a panache for it, which is equally worrying because that will further fuel the addiction or the potential addiction. You're right. It is just a parenting issue. We had a little bit of a um, incident during the week whereby we have two iPads in the house. Combined age of the two iPads must be pushing 22, I would say. Like, I don't know what the first version of the iPad was, but these two are not far off it. And like, you can't upload any new apps because they're simply not compatible with anything that has been developed in the last two years. But the screen was broken on one of them the other day. Oof. In a, in a purpose, in a, a uh, premeditated fit Oof. of peak. Oof. And Did you while come down that after? <laughs> <laughs> when I had calmed down after watching it happen, I just, again, you have to be able to manipulate these situations to your advantage. I immediately thought, well, this is a great way to get him off playing these games on the iPad. Because I said, there is now one iPad left in the house. All of us need to use it for various reasons. You have shown that you can no longer be trusted with something of this value, in brackets, 15 to 18 euro. And for that reason, you will not be allowed to play games on the second iPad, lest a similar situation occur. And that was a week ago. Mm -hmm. And nobody has played a game on any screen since. And there uh, did is you get a, Did you get a replacement? No. Are you going to? No, I don't think so. Like I said, the two of them, we have two, we have two iPads, they're both ancient. Yeah, what do you need them for? Well, we use, mainly it's used to Chromecast some of their stuff onto their TV and their playroom, maybe in the evenings before they go to bed and we're watching okay. in the limer, in our TV room. So that, that's mainly it. Um, and I would use it the odd time to watch highlights of a game or something. It's a replacement Skybox or a second Skybox then or whatever. whatever. Well, we'd never, we, I mean, we watch so little Sky apart from sports at the moment that there would be never a need for us to have a second Skybox in the house. I mean, you right. can Chromecast everything onto a smart TV, whether it's Amazon or Netflix, which is pretty much all they watch. Um, so that's not an issue. And we just use the iPad for that. But he would have had the iPad in his hands, picking whatever Roblox stuff or Minecraft stuff or Fortnite stuff he wants to watch somebody else playing. And he would stream it himself via Chromecast. Whereas oh. now, because the iPad's broken, and we can't take out the other one in case it's broken and we're left with nothing. I, have a do I do it on my phone now. And every time the video ends, he has to get up off the couch, come back out, scroll through it on my phone with me, pick what he wants and go back in to watch it and then do it again when the next video ends. So um, his little tantrum has made life very much more difficult for him than it was before. That's a, a win in the end. It is, I mean, definitely. Part, absolutely. Yeah. Well, it's a pain in the hole for you as well, isn't it? No, well, it's a little more work, but I have far more control over what's being watched now. And um, I think a little lesson has been learned that if you show that you can't be trusted with something of value, well, then it's going to take a little bit of time before that trust can be regained. I, uh, I, I probably, did I mention this before? I, I bought a retro Nintendo. Um like 60 quid in Smiths, but it has all the old Mario Kart stuff. Uh, so I got it about a year ago and I thought one Saturday I was like, oh, I'll play it with the kids because, oh, nice little nostalgic feeling. And uh, yeah, within about an hour, they were totally addicted to it. And within about a week, one of the kids was working up, waking up at 5 a.m. <laughs> saying, I'm just going downstairs to play Mario. Like, yeah, I don't think so. So uh, I, I, I've actually never played it since, but I told them that uh, it only had a certain amount of goals and it ran out of goals. Oh, and it just good. doesn't work anymore. 
And somehow they still haven't copped on to this, that I was talking absolute nonsense. <laughs> but we all had these issues, didn't we, as kids? Like, I remember mm. my mother coming downstairs at, like, five in the morning to find my little brother playing championship manager. She had left him there at 10 p.m. the previous evening. <laughs> that sounds like, my, sounds like my entire first year of college. <laughs> so it's not like we were uh, computer games slash console free when we were kids. And we developed the same addictions very quickly. I was addicted to championship manager and sensi soccer before that. I think that changed though, because I, 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 if, if they were to say, all I'm going to do is gaming, between now and the age of 18, when they're on the iPad, okay, you'd, you'd monitor it and you'd make sure they're not on at morning, noon, and night, but you'd say, okay, it's a bit of a pastime when they're a bit wrecked and they're not out playing with their mates. The problem is, in two years' time, they're going to be on some sort of an app that I know nothing about, chatting with their mates, who are going to be calling them this, that, and the other, and then you're into a whole other ball game. Mm -hmm. Yes. That's why <laughs> him having to come out and check your phone is probably the best part of that whole thing, Dave. But like, look, I don't know what to do with all this stuff. I mean, we've, we've definitely got to start crossing that bridge. Like, uh, you know, the 13-year-olds, that seems to be the generally accepted time. People get phone. It has WhatsApp. It has enough on it. And then, like, after they're 13, you can't really be telling them what to do, can you? Well, Nathan, there must be kids in your elder's son's class that have mobile phones. Don't think so. In third class, no. Well, they're not allowed to bring them to school anyways. Maybe maybe at home they have some form of a mobile, but I definitely haven't heard of, of them talking to each other or WhatsApping each other. But it's, not, it's probably not that far away. We had a talk in the PTA last year, I probably mentioned it, but the guy who gave the talk, this child psychologist said, you know, what age are you accepting of your child looking at porn? Because that, the second you give them the phone, that is what's going to happen. They, not, they may not want to look at it, but it's going to start being sent to them. So that's how you have to think about this. But sixth class is what I think generally seems to be the, possibly in sixth class, a lot of them get phones. That's a frightening thought that you can monitor your son or daughter's internet activity as best you can. And you can ensure that they aren't actively seeking out something like pornography and spending time watching it. But you can do absolutely nothing about it being sent to them like on a WhatsApp video or a WhatsApp GIF or whatever the, the situation may be. How do you stop that? I mean, but if you see something. It shows the innocence and the naivety of it all. Yeah, yeah. What do you do? I, I'm, I'm down with my kids. Yeah, exactly. No more GIFs. No more GIFs. <laughs> Those mem memes. <laughs> I'm down with the watch chat, you know. It's, I have, I'm up all over those sort of applications. I don't know what you do. Like, and here, this is, uh, if this somehow manages to continue into the teenage years, we'll be uh, destroyed. But like, I guess this is parenting teenagers. Like nobody knows. I, I, have people figured it out? We need to find someone who's figured it out. Presumably, there's not I I, much way of figuring it out, is there? Like that's yeah. Just uh, make sure that they're like able to be productive members mm -hmm. of society at some point in their twenties, and that's it. Like that's the bit about parenting that I think maybe. You don't realize when you have your kids, you're like, oh, this is great. Especially when you have your first one. It's like, oh, this is great. And uh, can I hand them back now? Or like I've had them for a little while. That's okay. This, this first few months have been good. When do, when do I get my break? In your Are 60s, when they've sucked the best years of your life out of you. And, and you know, point. everything's downhill from here and you wonder what happened. 
Yeah. And there's also the terrible realization that we're all going to be facing. So, like, I left home when I was 17 to go to college. These kids aren't going anywhere. No. Like, if they're living in Dublin, they ain't going anywhere till they're probably, at best, 25. Oh, God. That is a sobering thought. I mean, I was 25 and I moved out, so I'm not one to talk. <laughs> <laughs> but you're right. They're, I mean, people who have a good job now and desperately want to move out, whether they're teachers or guards or bank managers or whatever the case may be, they cannot go anywhere. And they are living at home at the age of 30-odd, absolutely not what they want to be doing. Um, unless something dramatic happens in terms of housing and property prices in the next 20 years, we're going to be in the like same boat. Like a pandemic, for example. I mean, or everybody moving to the country. Or actually, in 20 years' time, we'll all be living in high-rises, floating on the bed of water that has um, dripped down from the melting ice caps. So, you know, there's that to look forward to as well. <laughs> <laughs> was, was it, was it the, um, the Irish Times on Saturday? had the uh, story of someone who had to move back home. Uh, I had to yes. move back home and I can't stand hearing my parents have sex. That they have a... Uh, oh the gosh. parents have a Sunday morning ritual. Oh, oh, and the... Schedule. <laughs> schedule. They, they have a schedule. They have a schedule, schedule, yeah. Schedule. They're sticking to it. And that the, the child uh, spends all weekend dreading oh. waking up on a Sunday morning. <laughs> they, they have loud, enthusiastic sex on a Sunday morning. Like, it's one way to get rid of your uh, adult, grown adult child, isn't it? They're probably well, not having sex at all. They're probably just in the room, like, making up the noises <laughs> in the basement. <laughs> like, <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right there. <laughs> <laughs> this is taking a turn for the worse. That's a great idea. You should, uh... wow. just, just start leaving things lying around the house. Like in the corner, or, or, or maybe maybe they started out that way. Maybe they maybe they <laughs> right to tell you what, right? Every, every Sunday morning we get up and we like fake that we're doing it, and that'll sort of give them the idea. And then maybe they decided they were sort of halfway through making these noises, and they were like, "Right, you're listening. We're, we're here. We seem to be in the spirit of things. <laughs> <laughs> let's just let's just go for it." And then it became a thing. Uh, hopefully. <laughs> It depends on what age the parents are, isn't it? Like if the parents... 60s. They were in their 60s. Oh, 60s, okay. Fair yeah. play. Fair play. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Anybody who's, like, jealous of their parents' sex life, you know. I, I wouldn't say <laughs> jealous. I'd say it's more... <laughs> oh. you, don't, you, don't, you do not want to hear your parents going at it, let's face it. <laughs> yeah. She's not there on a, on a Sunday morning going, gee, sounds like... Oh, I, wish, yeah, I wish that was me. <laughs> yeah. fair, fair play, Dot. Fair play. <laughs> okay, that's the name of the uh, episode this week. Fair play, Dot. <laughs> so how is everything going with schools, lads? Have we had any scares? Have we had any tests? Have we had any warning uh, sent out? Oh, you have. Yeah, it was, you it was on this 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 <laughs> chat. <laughs> them. No, you, you pointed out. I was like, oh, maybe you're right. Um, yeah, no, we had a. It, was not, it didn't seem to be COVID. Like he was just. Um, he couldn't smell or taste anything. He had a bad cough. <laughs> um, no, he he had a bit of a cough and a runny nose, and it was quite clearly cold. But um, yeah, I did feel on the back of this conversation last week, whenever it was, that we should go and get him tested. So it was all very smooth. You don't tend to hear these stories too much, but it was like. Um, actually, it turns out my wife had been in touch on the Thursday night. We got an appointment on the Friday for the Sunday. 
Didn't the Sunday got the result on the Monday and all was uh, good with the world. Um, but yeah, he did end up spending two weeks out of school. He only went back today between that and um, having to obviously get the result and need a bit of bit of an eye infection last week as well. So um, it was all coming at once. But yeah, no, all good. All good on that front. Yeah, back went back in this morning, clicking his heels back in the door, loving life. When the process works, it's good. It was brilliant. Yeah, like you see, all, I mean. People don't tend to take to Twitter to go, oh, you won't believe the amazing run we had with getting our kid tested. But uh, Yeah, yeah, ours was shite. Um, and uh, did he get the nasal as well as the throat or just the throat? Both, yeah. Yeah, both. And uh, I didn't, uh, my wife brought him up and uh, effectively it was like, before they went in, here's a few buttons. All right, cool. And then just as they were wrapping up, here's a few more buttons. Okay, great. And... Seemed to take, and he'd be, he'd be, he wouldn't be shy about moaning about something like if it was, uh, if it wasn't right. So, um, right. Well, okay, large yeah. Cadbury's chocolate buttons are the solution to pretty much all of a parent's he problems. Fre- he had some Freddo bars. Cadbury's Freddo's. Fridge, Cadbury's he, um, Freddo's aren't bars. Oh, Freddo's are bars, aren't they? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Lovely. I mean, just have some, have a bit of chocolate on hand and you can pretty much get away with anything. There, mm. There's a, after school, we have a sort of a 30 minute layover between. <clears throat> picking up the elder guy and then going to the Montessori slash crash to collect the second lad, the younger fella. And there's a little green area next door to the school where the kids just peg it around in for 20 minutes after school every day, the, the time of their lives. But they, it's obviously not within the pods that they would have been in school. And you're looking at it going, I'm not sure this should be happening, but it's very difficult to stop it. And it's very difficult not to appreciate the fact that they're, running around in the sunshine, in the fresh air, having great fun, meeting friends, getting to do stuff that they haven't really been able to do properly for so long. And you're, it's a little bit of a conundrum standing there while wearing the mask and while socially distancing yourself from the other parents, but you can't help but having these thoughts. But they're outside. They are outside. And I know and that makes everything time, so much safer. No, but at break time, they're all outside together. They don't stay in the pod uh, at lunchtime. I think they stay within their class yeah, at lunchtime. They're, they don't mix with all of the other classes within senior infants, for example, as they would have done pre-COVID. Right. So there, they, there is at least a restriction and a limit on the numbers of kids. The, the break times, I understand, are staggered. So that a different class is out at any one time. But you're not going to stop them playing around like that after school, are you? Like, is that too draconian? Sit in the car for half an hour while we wait for the clock to tick down to go and collect your little brother. It's hard to know. Like, I know in the kids' school, there's a big thing about not congregating outside and like literally picking the kids up or dropping them off and you're gone again and no hanging around. But then they are playing football at the weekend. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so they are seeing and being around people that are outside their little pods anyways. Yeah, but so. at, least that's, at least that's like, oh, I was listening to a thing at the weekend and this guy was like, Oh, I see people, like, you can go shopping. You can go into the shop and spend an hour in the shop, but you can't go to the pub for an hour. Yeah, like, are, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah, that's yeah. right. That's correct. Yeah. And, like, the same, I think, I think that people, the thing that I, my view on it would be that, like, there are absolutely contradictions about the guidelines. But, like, there just has to be, because it, it's almost impossible to make hard and fast rules. Like, you might have to say, don't congregate after school, but you know they're going to be playing football at the weekend. And like, that's actually, it's not that it's fine, but that's what's one, even though they're kind of effectively the same thing, 
Mm. I understand why they might say, don't do this one, and it's okay to do that one. You know, like, it, you, you stand the same chance of getting, um, of getting infected at either, but obviously then when you put the both of them together, it's an increased risk again. So I'd say it's just, it's that living with COVID thing, isn't it? I don't know. People are, I, I don't know if anybody in this podcast is quite at this mind, but like, um, oh, the government are, what a shit government we have and they can't make decisions and like it's all oh, this whole thing is a shambles and yet like you know i don't know people there's not really a huge amount of um uh, there's a lot of personal responsibility obviously but from the people who tend to say oh it's all the government's fault and it's all shite um i don't quite buy that you know they have made mistakes obviously more so the the newer version of the government than we've had over the last few months but at the same time like we could this COVID thing could be knocked on the head very quickly if everybody did what they were supposed to do um and that's something that really annoys me but but, but a lot of people can't do what they're supposed to do is the problem so well, they just they, they need to go for a rave in a like a no but like <laughs> if you work if you work in a factory as thousands upon thousands of people do there's only so much you can do teachers within a school there's only so much they can do yeah they can so for wear example, the proper PPE on the, on the teachers within a school, you can get a notification from the app say that you've been in close contact with somebody and uh, you're being told, no, 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 that's only for actually grown-ups. Uh, it's not really for you. Uh, that's naturally enough making people a little bit concerned that my app, which you told me to download and you said is really good, has told me that I've been in close contact and now I need to isolate. But actually, the instruction is, no, you can't isolate because you're a teacher, you need to go to work. Mm. That's... Um, yeah. look, I, I, and I, is there that are... Yeah, there are complications. Like, yeah, and and, con and contradictions. Like, there, there's that's because yeah. it's like, geez, if you draw, I don't know, it can't be black and white because we wouldn't be able to leave the house. Like, no, I appreciate that there are people in working environments, no, no more so than those in in the HSC that the little areas of risk that they put themselves in are unavoidable. I'm not talking about people in their private lives and their households. We know what we should be doing as regards our households. We know that we shouldn't have many contacts in our homes or in the homes of others on a week-to-week -week basis. And the level of infection would drop substantially if everybody was of the same mind in that regard. But we know they're not. We know there's certain sectors of um, the population that never abided by the rules from day one and certainly won't start doing it now. Um, it's irksome, but you just have to accept that is the way it is. And we just have to be able to, you have to be able to look at yourself in the mirror and know that you're doing what you should be doing. Yeah. Right. Anything else anybody wants to get off their chest? Well, there was something I sent to you the other day. It was a little video. I think I saw it on Twitter because Brian O'Driscoll had uh, retweeted it of this. Um, I'm sure many of our listeners will have seen it. Uh, it's a game of Brian football. By, by, Brian O'Driscoll, by the way, clearly not a listener to this podcast. Why is that? Well, if he was, he wouldn't be having a third kid. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, hang on. 50% of the members of this podcast exactly. have had three exactly. kids. Exactly. <laughs> Would he not have listened to our recommendations? <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Congratulations to the Adriscals as well and their uh, impending arrival. But it was a video of, I think it was a, a, uh, probably in the UK, it was a little game of soccer that was gone between a few kids and one of the children's fathers had returned home from a tour of duty with the army. And unbeknownst to the child, he was now pitch side and he just calls over to them and the child takes a second to 
calculate what is happening and realizes his dad is there. He hasn't seen him. I don't know what the duration of time was and he hadn't seen his dad for. But then, I mean, get the tissue handy because the tears start to fall when you see his reaction sprints across to the sideline, hurtles from maybe two meters out into his dad's arms and then just grips him for dear life, will not let go for about a minute. And it is like... God, the cleaners never got rid of the dust in this room. We better get onto this because I'm crying here. And I, I urge any listener to have a look at it. And if, if you don't feel some semblance of emotion while watching it, you've got a heart of stone. It's incredible. Every so often, you get, I get one of those hugs from one or the other, normally the youngest one. Um, and there's, like, there's literally nothing else on the planet that compares to it. No, you're right. There is no better feeling than when one of your kids, now it's mainly the younger guy now, as you say, because if the six-year-old did it, he'd probably break my back. But where they like, they poise themselves like they're on the start line of a 1500 meter Olympic final, arms in the air, then they go and they run the length of the house and fire themselves into your arms. And then they just grip your neck. It's just an unbelievable feeling. And it's only a feeling that dads will get. It's a, it's, it's a very privileged position sometimes. I should backtrack on the three kids thing because actually the best thing about having a third child and it being a girl is now when I arrive home from work, the two <laughs> lads sort of, you know, uh, 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 <laughs> bump off me as I'm, they're running out the door to play with their mates. Whereas the two-year-old is like full sprint, actual joy at seeing me. It's like, oh, thank God I'm still back. Somebody, at last. <laughs> yes, some acknowledgement. <laughs> if this you're watching TV, it's grand. I, I, yeah. I find that if you're watching TV, you just... Uh, barely a grunt interrupting yeah this morning uh, on the I, way into school was the first time that i experienced this and i really didn't think it would happen for a little while longer but outside the gate of the schoolyard he t- stopped and said do you know what can i give you your hug here oh instead of hug- giving Ooh. you the hug inside the schoolyard oh. and i was like what age is he six I was going, my oh. God, how are we here no, already? I'm marching, marching up to the game. <laughs> <laughs> now, you know, on one hand, there was a little sense of disappointment and a loss of innocence and a realisation that, you know, time is moving very quickly here. But on the other, I, I was happy that he was still willing to give me a big hug in public before he did to school. So, mm-hmm. you know, swings and roundabouts. I, I'm always yeah. a bit wary of those videos. You know, they sort of put out their propaganda by the army recruits you go off and be a real man and when you come back your child will be ready like um Laura Whitmore exactly exactly and then what I just did there was I googled army dad's homecoming surprise and the first one sort of looks a little bit like a uh, <laughs> professional production <laughs> it's like it's like the way it's like the way in America the the army basically pay to have the anthem and the army out there before the American football games yeah yeah marketing all right, Gemma, let's... Uh... And it, it works. <laughs> <laughs> On that note. Let that, let that be the first that, and last time that that, 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 that name... <laughs> let, let that name not be mentioned again on this podcast. Jim, Jim, John, take a break. Cast at offtheball.com for all of your complaints. And uh, I'm... Anyway. Tinfoil at dadcast.com. You can leave the comments. <laughs> right. Uh, to Dave, Adrian, and Nathan, thanks, folks. We'll see you again next week. Good luck. Cheers, lads. Dadcast, Misadventures in Parenting. Brought to you by Cadbury Fredo Treasures. Discover the new Fredo Treasures Space Series with Cadbury Dairy Milk Buttons, one surprise toy in every chest.